Welcome back to The Flow Show. I'm Joanna Turner, intuitive business mentor. And I am so excited to bring my second interview in this new podcast to you today with my amazing friend, Ebony Allard. I invited Ebony on. She kept popping into my mind and she's one of the people that I met in a really beautiful flow story. And I was in one of my uh, most magical moments in Glastonbury um, in the middle of a flow story myself when I met Ebony so I thought she would be the perfect person to bring on and get her unique perspective on flow and also the work she does. We talk about human design and how um, figuring out your human design can help you get more into flow. Ebony is uh, an AUDHD modern mystic author, artist, and self-actualization facilitator. She is a nervous system accredited, award-winning master coach focused on using somatic awareness and human design to help curious, complex, creative, and often neurodiversive misfits drop the projections and perceptions of who they think they should be in order to survive and instead thrive and being by being empowered, embodied, and fully expressed. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ebony. We talked about Um, adult onset or adult um, figured out ADHD uh, which she's gone through recently and I actually feel like maybe I have a bit of that going on so anyway it's a really interesting episode Um, I hope you enjoy it and uh, let me know your thoughts thanks Hey, welcome back to the flow show I am so excited to be here with my friend Ebony and We are going to be talking all things flow and weaving in some really interesting stuff about human design as well. So I'm really looking forward to this because I'm curious. So hopefully you will be too. Um, Ebony, I know you're in sunny Spain. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, your journey? How did you end up in Spain in the first place? (laughs) <laughs> Jumping straight into the flow story, huh? Um, no, okay, so first. how did we get here? Where's that word all start? How do we get here? No, yeah, no big, no big story. Um, I'm gonna try and keep it brief as I can. That's okay. So I guess somebody who's always gone with the flow, right? In terms of following my intuition. Um, being really open to outside influences showing me the way because I don't know that there is a right way and a wrong way to to live and to be or maybe I've just never agreed with authority figures telling me that there is a right way and a wrong way to be so so much of my life has been led by responding and and going with the flow so I have been self-employed my whole life worked in the film industry I have uh, I am a manifesting generator in human design and so I say that because I have followed and been (laughs) all sorts of things in my 20s I was a professional temp and that's such a manifesting generator thing to do right like I loved being in all these different environments and following people and uh, and jobs and careers until they weren't interesting to me anymore and then going somewhere else and taking this range and 
uh, diversity of skill sets and people and, and bringing that into the next place. So that's kind of always been my way. I've been coaching and facilitating self-actualization and helping people come back to the truth of who they are and let go of the perceptions and projections of who they think they have to be or should be in order to succeed and be more wild and more true and more you for nine and a half, ten years full time. And that's really what I do. I tell stories, I communicate, and I remind people that life gets to be an adventure and that it's a joy and a privilege and that you get to make your own rules or change the rules in order to feel more successful now. And I am in Spain most of the time, not always. Um, I live predominantly um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the UK for in terms of business and in terms of money and finances and all of those things. But I spend a lot of time in Spain for the light and the sunshine. Wow. And I ended up here um, in March 2020. I actually got the last flight into Spain, having my wow. stuff all, all got driven out the week before. And that started the October before with a with an internal, you know, nudge, what I call that kind of soul voice that kind of came in and was like, you need to leave, you need to leave now, you need to take all your stuff, you need to be in this space, you need to be on this land, and you need to do it by the end of February. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm trying. Um, and then, you know, then everything happened that happened, and, and, and there's been a lot of flow since. But that voice and that knowing and that pull and that sense of right now uh, is something that I have very much obeyed in my life and not always known why and this is one of those beautiful examples of like oh yeah okay cool that was that was why if you like you know because it was the exact place I needed to be in order to have the pandemic lockdown experience that I needed for my own soul growth I suppose. Spain was really locked down wasn't it you you guys had quite a an intense experience of it more so than say I did when I was in Australia why do you think you potentially I, mean, you don't, exactly. I don't think that's no like potentially in terms of yes the governments might have said those things right mm -hmm. but I was in the side in a massive house able to walk every day swimming pool in my garden right like so that nudge for me was very much and you know and, and not didn't speak the language wasn't able to understand the news wasn't like mm -hmm. fed it every day like everything that I needed was provided for me um yeah I was out of out of a city I, I didn't I was out of a system like like all of those things no one was telling me what to do because I was you know, in a mountain, in the countryside, up a hill. And so, yeah, what, what I mean by that is it was a flow experience of this is where you need to be for this experience. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I want to go back for a second, um, if it's okay, yeah. and ask you, why do you think, so I, I identify as well as struggling with authority figures. Where do you think that mm -hmm. came from for you? Um, and did you have any challenges directly in your life from early on from trying to follow your own path or following the the nudges? 
Where do I think it came from? I think it's innate in who I am, you know, with the human design knowledge that I have now. It's my conscious earth, gate 60. Um, And that's to do with acceptance. And, um, you know, I have a lot of stuff around the rules that make sense or don't make sense. That's one lens, one frame that we could look at. Uh, The other is last year at the grand old age of 42, I got diagnosed as with both ADHD and autism. Um, and I think that those two together, the push pull of that, the yeah. I I like to talk about my ADHD in terms of circular thinking, like thinking in circles, and every thought has thoughts from it. Mm-hmm. And my autism, if you like, thinks in grids, and everything is like makes sense and has a direction and and is a rule or is a you know is a particular way. And so this way of thinking around the rules or not the rules or how things should be and what right or wrong is and and a correct way or an incorrect way like all of that has very much been part of my thinking my makeup my journey not that there's not that I believe there is a right way and a wrong way but it is part of my like what I'm here to study learn and experience and I was born to parents who are very very private so I often don't talk about them and their lives and their experience they they don't want me to but they were very young very ahead of their time um very much into um esoteric teachings and philosophy and you know the work of Osho and uh, doing their own thing my dad dropped out of Oxford at 17 and went and became a shepherd my mum was in India like they had done all of this stuff and so that's always been my life and they came from families who wanted them to follow particular paths and they didn't Mm. and you know they were 21 and 24 when they had me and I'm the oldest and I was born 12 weeks premature in France to a um they were living in a in a house that had no water no electricity no roof at the time of my birth and so the context of the whole thing it's like I've just never been one for the rules or doing things in a mainstream way I suppose I love that um and I love how you chose some wonderful parents who had sort of broken some of those dynamics I suppose or stories before you even arrived so it's allowed you maybe yeah I mean they had no bigger which is for sure they had no idea but yeah (laughs) yeah like I love that that's amazing um and how and yeah and I was was asking so I love your parents obviously open-minded but do you think you've you've hit up against any other sort of walls or challenges with other maybe types of authority or maybe when you were at school and trying to weave your own path or go your own way? I think the best answer to that is part of what led to the diagnosis of of autism, right? I have been called difficult my whole life. And for me, I'm not difficult at all. I'm like I'm a very simple being and I don't I'm not intentionally being difficult right and and you you've known me and my brand a long time and so my brand and my story my book is Misfit to Maven and people go oh you're a rebel and I'm like no no I'm one of the most compliant people you'll ever meet Mm. and as a misfit as the difference between a rebel and a misfit is like 
I am just different. A rebel is fighting against something, is saying, I see the rules and I'm do and no, I want to do it differently. Whereas a misfit's like, I don't even see the rules. What are you talking about? Like tell me what they are and then I will comply, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me it's like I guess from the outside, yes, people I have come up against authority my whole life, but it's never it's never felt that way. I've never I've mm-hmm. I've I've never I'm not I'm really conflicted first, right? So if something happens and I recognize that I'm coming up against authority, I'm like, oh cool, what do you need me to do? That said, I've never understood exchanging time for money. And so even from my very first job where they were like, you know, come in, do this. And I was like, you know, we could do it quicker or we could do it more efficient or if you did it this way or whatever. And when you've got a 14 year old telling you how to do your job better, um, I imagine that that's quite an ego kick. And so, yes, I had people who didn't love having me around. And I've got this like, I emanate such like love and good nature and I just you know my dad always said you're such a blagger and it's like not on purpose I've just got this like ability to see what people actually need or want Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't in fightiness it's like it's much more this kind of flow through situations for me yeah I don't know if that answers your question but that is my experience absolutely and I I mean I would say I'd never go looking for it either (laughs) You know, I've never, I mean, it never, it's never intentionally. I just sometimes <laughs> attract the problem. But I'm also operating from my inner truth compass of what I think is right. And I would never go against that, I suppose. So anyway, yeah, I, I understand that. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm always a little, and like yeah. his, this like fundamental difference, manage and respond and inform projector wait to be invited right mm-hmm. now the thing is if you're a projector and you're not following that strategy and you are giving your truth and you are sharing your opinion where it is not invited and it isn't wanted it's you're going to come up against bitterness and that flow like ends right there right and it is that like pool wall and so so for me, the experience of, of being out of flow is going to be frustration, whereas for you, it's going to be bitterness. And that, I think, is a fundamental difference mm. in that piece of like, no, you're not in for trouble, but your your truth isn't always going to land. Whereas the manifester in me, and I am a manifesting generator rather than a manifesting generator, and I can explain what that means for some yeah. people, but the part of my strategy is in form. And so when I'm saying like, it's like this or it's like that, that is energetically correct for me rather than being difficult or out of alignment does that make sense yeah yeah and I, I wish somebody like I found out with this invitation thing a few good few years ago now probably 2017 18 and it's it takes a lot of practice to keep my mouth shut because because <laughs> I'm full of good ideas and they're always well-intentioned but they really don't often uh, land well they don't they, they just don't land unless I have been specifically invited for my opinion um and yes that's that's all that is my it's a huge learning for me um and unwinding all of that but 
well, I think we'll come back to the, the, the human design in a moment because I'm quite curious about the diagnosis with the with well, obviously autism and ADHD are two pretty major diagnoses. Um, what were some of the, I suppose, symptoms or signs that you noticed that the ripe old similar age of me, I think we're the same age, I'm just about to turn 43. Um, yeah, what were the signs and symptoms that you noticed that led you to go seeking the diagnosis? And then how is having knowing that changed your life? Okay, so there were no signs or symptoms that led me to seek diagnosis. What happened for me, I don't I don't need a diagnosis, and it's really interesting when people go, they're quite big diagnosis. No, they're not. But for me, it's no biggie. For a lot of people, like I'm sure it is. For me, it's not a big deal. Um, it just is a frame, a frame, right? Like a way of looking at and understanding and giving a name to a particular way of behavior. I know myself really well. I understand all of those things. I have found a way of living that really works for me. And many, many other people who operate in a similar way. And what started to happen a couple of years ago, particularly actually when when the world stopped in the way that it did and people could no longer numb or escape who they were, where they were really meeting themselves and also had to start home educating their kids, what they found is that they were get that their children were being diagnosed. So a lot of my clients were suddenly in this space where they were like going, oh, well, my child's really, like I'm teaching them at home and my child's really struggling with this or I'm spending a load more time with my children and these are the things that I'm noticing. Wow. And so their children started getting diagnoses and what happens as you go through a process of deciding whether or not to di- to get an official diagnosis for your kid or or you go down that lens of of understanding them as you suddenly see that oh look it's inherited um and this is you know a genetic thing and actually if they do then maybe i do and so then loads of them started getting diagnoses and what that meant and i was supporting them and helping them and really learning about this stuff and i have a um, a deep interest in, in neuroscience and embodiment and so I was really helping them understand like actually what's happening in the body in their multiple brains never occurred to me not once that I might be also and then I was uh, writing some copy or creating something specifically for neurodiverse folk and someone who is like an expert in that area said to me something along the lines of you can't say that because you're not and those weren't her exact words and she didn't mean anything by it but it was enough for something inside me to go hmm (laughs) I want that qualification and so to me my diagnosis is a qualification that I sought out right it was a level of um credibility I suppose that I was like yeah I'm going to go and get my diagnosis so that I've got this credibility marker so that I can say yes yes I have I've been through the process I understand it I've you know all of these things Mm -hmm. and how has it impacted my life having a mainstream reference (laughs) for how I operate um, and see the world has actually given me 
a key or a looking glass or a, a thread back into mainstream life that I have really not operated in for the last 10 years and hadn't realized quite how far removed from shoulds and um, conventional, you know, traditional living and beliefs and mindsets. Just I hadn't realized quite how far from it I'd come. <laughs> and yeah, and, and so having these conversations with with doctors and, and um, yeah, just all of it and, and yeah, it's it's twofold. Like one, it's given me a way back in and and a way of being more relatable, I suppose, than I was. And two, I guess on a very internal level, there has been a piece of identity work and recalibration of like, oh, there what like there was a place where you were let down and where life could have been different or it has been harder for you or you know all of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. which did involve grief on the inside but but and also when I look at how I live my life and the frame that I live my life within the philosophies I suppose that I live my life within I would people say you know would you have liked to have had that information earlier Mm. no it's perfect right like I I didn't it's made me who I am. It's given me the the systems, the processes, the lessons, the facilitation, like everything that I have made a living from. It's allowed me to self-actualize in the way that I have. And so, yeah, I wouldn't change any of it. And I see it as a qualification. Oh, I love that. Um, and in a way, without knowing, you've created these beautiful, successful strategies for yourself that work because your life works and it's great and and then naturally you're attracting these people who were also <laughs> divergent but had no idea and and I kind of I love that crossover that you were able to help them with your experience and then they were sort of able to help you put this a di- slightly different frame around things so I do think things happen mm-hmm. always for a reason always at the right time um and yeah, I, I love that. It's fascinating. Do you, in your research, now this is for me um, a little of a naive question, perhaps, because I've seen a lot of those uh, Instagram reels talking about the signs of uh, ADHD, not necessarily autism, but um, I would say most of the time when I watch these things, there's one girl and she's got sort of green hair and her husband and they talk about how she operates in the world and how you, I don't know if you, you know who they are. Um, okay. And I, I just go, I'm, I find myself nodding almost everything she's doing. I'm like, well, of course, yeah, duh. Like, of course you do that. Um, and so some of it I'm like, maybe I have. But I, again, I don't feel like I need to go down a, the, like a path of finding that out. But why uh, do you know why there are so many more people identifying nowadays as neurodivergent or with ADHD? Do you think there are more people or do you think it's just the we're getting better at spotting it or uh, better at getting you know, diagnosed with this nowadays? Or is there a reason for it? So still only three to five percent of the population right 
what you're seeing is an echo chamber of people like you that you attract energetically in the same way as all my clients and all the people in my world like everyone's neurodivergent of course they are we attract each other because right. we're wired for belonging we're wired to find our tribe on an electromagnetic level our neutrinos are attracting each other all of the time and allowing us to find like like to like right like if we take yeah. it back to really old school or attraction type teachings like attracts like that simple yeah right the next level of that is that over the last 10 years um the voice of women has become more accepted more has more weight to it uh there's more we have money and so suddenly people are like oh they're going to buy stuff we better do some research for them not only that we're landing in jobs right where we're like no no i'm going to look at how this impacts women so we've had progressions in if you think about the amount of um uh what do I want to say, increases in kind of technology around periods over the last 10 years as opposed as opposed to the last 60. Mm-hmm. There's been so many more innovations around, um, yeah, around sanitary products, around uh, cups, around period pants, around like all of these different things wow. that could have been done years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like years ago, we could helping women in countries, you know, that, that needed something that wasn't disposable years and years ago but no one cared because they are because they don't matter because they've got no money because blah 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 right so there's all the politics of that Mm -hmm. so why are there more women being diagnosed now because there are more women who care there are more women who are in positions who are like you know what I think it might look different in women I wonder how it impacts them Mm. and so you know I've had incredibly difficult periods ever since one of the reasons i'm talking about this by the way is that one of the biggest symptoms is undiagnosed or or diagnosed pmdd so premenstrual dysphoric disorder is where we have this massive spike in hormones um normally after luteal like after ovulation before bleed where we're like almost a different person or like we can't I can't I was like suicidal for two days a month or like would totally see a completely different person in the mirror and we don't talk about it because I didn't even know that there was a name for it didn't even know it was unusual didn't know anyone else was experiencing it and it turns out massive symptom of ADHD in women and so all of these little things no one's done the research then no one can tell you about it then you can't identify with it then you can't get diagnosed and so yeah, I think it's not that there's loads more people. There's kind of a misgeneration. There's a general, you know, our age group, the Xennials, this kind of, I think of us as a bridge generation anyway, yeah. from um, this kind of, uh, what do I want to say? Yeah, like from analog to digital, where we're kind of this really interesting generation. We span two generations. Oh. And so we were missed in and I and I think there's a reason for that we're really innovative we're really independent we are creative thinkers we think in in different ways mm. and I we are now with the grown-ups and so it's time we're like those of us who have, became doctors or became politicians or became policy writers are the ones who are like huh oh we missed like we were missed in some way and so that's mm-hmm. why I think we're seeing more yeah yeah that's good I I sometimes do wonder if my 
scrolling <laughs> has, has almost done something to my brain to sort of trigger some of that. In I wonder, sometimes I am less, I suppose, again, knowing almost nothing about all this, except for what I learned while scrolling, um, is when I have breaks and I hide my phone, I'm, I have a, I have more ability to, to concentrate, to focus, to not have my brain going in a million different directions, that kind of thing. And so I, I, part, part of me wonders, am I just imagining it? Is it just because I scrolled too much during lockdown? Um, is that what it is? And so, yeah, that I have that kind of a little bit of conflict within myself about that. Um, but I don't know. And that makes absolute sense. And, you know, what if we really look at why do, so one of the other reasons, why did we get so many more diagnoses during that period? Because the entire world was put into a stressful situation at the same time, mm -hmm. a, you know, an, um, an unprecedented level of stress. Yeah. And what that did for a huge amount of neurodivergent people is stop them from having the capacity to mask any longer. Mm. And so they hit a threshold. I can't cope. There is something wrong. And so all the places where they were masking or where we were masking were no longer possible. And it is a scientific difference. And it is to do with myelinated proteins. It's to do with um, how our nervous systems regulate. And on a on a on a very simple simple scientific level, we are all wired to come back into safe and social, which is in our ventrovagal nervous system, and that period of time and the way that we are being led towards living, the amount of information that we have, the lack of earthing, not you know we're not sleeping on the ground anymore, we're in beds, we don't go out into nature, we're not letting go of our stress in the same way, mm -hmm. does create a level of build up where in our bodies we're not safe and we're separated from that social connection that also regulates us. Mm. So Yes, there is a much larger percentage of people who are dysregulated and don't know how to regulate themselves full stop. And that will be true regardless of your operating system. And it's really, really important for all of us to meditate a bit more and to be out in nature a bit more and to learn how we regulate. The idea is not to be regulated all the time, but to be able to move through states mm. quickly and adapt into and come back to a place of relaxation yeah. what's happening for most people is that they don't know how to relax their cortisol cortisol levels and stress levels and adrenals is so high all of the time and they don't ever get back into rest and digest yeah. and so regardless of the operating system we're at a time where we really need to learn and teach our kids how to because there's more information in 15 minutes on your phone than people would have in a year, however many yeah. years ago, right? Like so much. And so the biggest skill we can learn is how to tune out, to tune yeah. into our bodies, our operating systems, and to, and to recognize our needs and go, you know, what is it that I need? Do I need water? Do I need sleep? Do I need rest? Do I need quiet? Do I need nature? And give it to ourselves. Mm, absolutely. I love that. Hmm. Lots to ponder on that one. I think, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of all of 
you know, meditation, grounding. I remember one of a little flow story, but I was getting like literally the universe was telling me from multiple different directions, ground, 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 ground. And it was becoming like ridiculously obvious um, that I had to look into it. Mm -hmm. And um, one, I'm sure you've seen it, but I, I love, I think it's, there's a few, there's I think two really good YouTube documentaries you can get on YouTube about grounding. One might be called Earthing. And the other one, mm -hmm. something else. Anyway, but I remember watching those and thinking, right, I need to sort this out. So I bought a grounding mat, spend more time in nature, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So huge. I think that's a huge problem. Like we're, we've obviously got so much going on energetically. And if we're not grounding it, then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lost opportunity, I think, for a lot of people. Um, anyway, I want to talk briefly next about... Um, how we met because it was a flow story um and then we'll get into the human design part and how it all sort of weaves together um if that's okay mm -hmm. so um long story short I think I was in Glastonbury you lived at the time pretty close 45 minutes away something like that and yeah. you were having coffee with a friend anyway and I had posted on Facebook that I was in Glastonbury and I was having all of these mm, signs and uh, things happening anyway, particularly the day I met you. Like it was one of the wildest days I've experienced in terms of energy. And I know that happens a lot in Glastonbury. The energy there is incredibly in intense anyway. So I'm sure people like, seem to experience more flow when they're there in that environment um and then uh it felt like I was walking through like it feels like the Truman Show slash the Matrix slash like like I was having one of these days and I was like this is getting spooky I could almost feel the universe uh, like sort of unfolding around me as I walked through it and I've never I don't think I've ever experienced that level of whoa what's happening before or since like it was really wild that day um I had met a girl for coffee in the morning Katie and I had been told by another girl that I met in Estonia that I should go meet Katie and I was like well where does Katie live and she said Glastonbury and I went okay it was on my list anyway I'll go to Glastonbury I reached out to Katie or maybe we we're put in touch or something I can't really remember and we met for coffee that morning and that morning she recognized my tattoo and she said hey is that Titana create that tattoo and I was like yes and Hannah is somebody that I had been living in Australia before this before I was traveling I had met Hannah through um she actually did some admin work for me through Airtasker or something like that I had gone back about a year later to her again I said hey can you do some more work for me and she said no my business has taken off I said what is your business and she said I'm downloading these codes from source and people are having them tattooed onto their body and I said "Ooh, I think I need one of those so um she created me this tattoo that had taken me about a year to actually put on my body because they're they have a powerful vibrational energy to them and I'd had it on a few months before I met you uh it was my first ever tattoo and uh anyway so I meet Katie 
And so Hannah had been living in Australia. I was living in Australia. And we I'm now in Glastonbury, England. So on the other side of the world. And this random girl, Katie, meets me and says, oh, is that from Hannah? And how does Katie in England know the tattoos that Hannah has done? Because it turned out Hannah had been in Glastonbury two weeks before, had randomly run into Katie, had some sort of conversation. She recognised the style of the tattoo and then connected the dots and asked me if I knew Hannah. And yes, I did, which I thought was wild. And then um, that day sort of was unfolding. I went for a a psychic reading next, as one does in Glastonbury, because they're on every other corner. That was kind of wild. He told me I needed uh, to get more into sacred geometry and the Vesica Pisces. And it turns out there's a Vesica Pisces or two of them on my arm. I didn't even know I had them. And then I went into this place and they asked me if I wanted to do a meditation. And I sat on a Vesica Pisces, <laughs> did this amazing meditation. And then um, I was coming to meet you for coffee. And I think, I was trying to think back, I think it was Louise George Mady, who I don't even know. I've never met her in person. I don't even know if you know her. But I think she maybe commented under a post I did on Facebook saying Ebony's close by maybe you remember that bit but anyway I ended up meeting you for a coffee and I'd I'd never met before we were not friends on Facebook we didn't know each other from a bar of soap apart from trusting the intermediary who I think was Louise to put us in touch which I love um anyway I came in sat down and like within two minutes you said hey is that tattoo by Hannah and I was like Oh my goodness, this is getting so weird. And um, of, of course, I said, Yes. I said, How the heck do you know her? Like this girl from Australia. And you had met her, I believe, two weeks previously as well. And um, yeah, I think that sort of, we just instantly were like, Oh, right. There's something has made our paths cross. Um, we just instantly got on and. And then it kind of went from there. So I'd love to know your side of that or what, yeah, what was going on for you or how you met Hannah. I don't know. It just blows my mind. And I'm going to get Hannah on to chat about this stuff as well, because it just all these sort of moments of the the people and the, um, and the signs and the, it was just wild. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm sort of like, like looking up at this guy, like I'm listening. You haven't like, it's when they hit the, I was like, you you guys have got my attention today, like, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so, what, yeah, how, how did you experience that moment, I suppose? So interesting, because I didn't realise that it was in that order. So, I met Hannah, I'm going to start there. I met Hannah through a post on Facebook it's not even necessarily that like that's not how I met Hannah right so the first time I ever saw that tattoo was on Louise George on a picture that she'd posted and she said you know this was by this is a code and it's from Hannah Wilson right and I didn't think anything of it and I think I like looked at Hannah's page but didn't like request her didn't friend her didn't follow it just looked at it and if I'm completely honest at that point in life I was like yeah yeah whatever 
like downloaded oh, me too sure so then i go to sleep and this woman hannah is in my dreams like a lot and so wow. i woke up one morning and i sent her a message and i said listen i don't know you from a bar of soap like i literally don't know you from anything your name has appeared once in as reference to a tattoo on my friend's arm right and I do know Lou quite well and weirdly I haven't spoken to her for ages and three people mentioned her yesterday so you know oh, so um I'll get her on right so I message Hannah and I say I am driving to Birmingham tomorrow and I live pretty near Glastonbury and I dreamt that you need a lift please don't think I'm really weird <laughs> do you need a lift to Birmingham? And she said, oh, my God, yes. Wow. It was like, what? And so I picked Hannah up from Glastonbury and drove her to Birmingham, (laughs) right? And then went and weekend with my friend Natalie, who I have all of these sorts of stories with as well. Okay, so that, that was that piece. And then in my world, meanwhile in my world, I travel a lot and I was going through this pace where I was really experiencing and working with abundance with the universe. And for me, much more now, but it was the beginning of my journey around it then, abundance isn't money. Like everyone always thinks it's six figure, seven figure. For me, it's resource. It's very much about, I want to go do this, help, right? Mm-hmm. And in that moment and in that time, it's, I want to go do this, help give me someone who can be the custodian of my very special house who will look after it um and who will give me some cash to be living there so that I can go and do like I can pass it on and and that was the thing for me so I was in Glastonbury two weeks later or whatever um meeting my friend Megan who also by the way hosts a a podcast called the intuition conversations and is also all about flow and who lives her life in this way oh I love that and I came and like she was lovely yeah I think you met her because I think you were late or she was late or someone was I late was, and you both ended up are we both coffee with me I can't remember yeah I can't but it but what it did was it means that you got to meet like somebody else like gave gave you a reference of me right rather than me just being this complete stranger who was like and 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 like simultaneously I had never met you. I had no way of knowing, and I probably shouldn't have been like, do you want to rent my house? <laughs> I think you spotted the tattoo. We made the Hannah connection, and then two minutes later you said, would you like to rent my house? And I went, okay. <laughs> Where is it? That sounds good. <laughs> and I was like, I was right on a deadline. I was really like, okay, I can't go away if this doesn't happen, right? Like, this needs to happen this week. Like, yeah. where is it coming from? Where is going to be? Where is the person who's going to give me like several grand, right? Like in cash, so that I can go now. Yeah, and then, and then there was the Facebook post, and there was the Lou George thing, and then you were like, oh, I'm here, and then we met for coffee, and then I saw the tattoo, and then the Hannah thing clicked, and then we were like, I was like, do you want to rent my house? And you were like, yeah, actually, I hate the one I'm in right now. I really need to move. <laughs> and the last bit of the story for me, the like the last bit of the story. So we had a tiny overlap where we were in the house Ooh. together. So you know, um, 
spoiler, she did rent the house, right? Um, and we had this day where we like came downstairs in like the same kimono and the same hat, and I was just like, what? so weird. And I think there's a picture on Facebook, and I'd love for us to dig it out because we did a live because we were both just like, this is too much. This is too much. It was. It was wild because I remember. Yeah, I was staying in this awful Airbnb in London, and I'd had some weird stuff coming up around safety and I'd also just I think at the same time purchased my next code from Hannah <laughs> so she was sort of back in my in my sphere of, of reference as well and um yeah I think you just said th- there was a, an issue with the lock and I was in a ground floor flat and not the nicest place it was an Airbnb a lovely Airbnb but not in the best place in London and the back door didn't lock and I remember I spent hours and hours on the phone with Airbnb with different people trying to figure out because I was like I don't want to sleep here if somebody could just walk in the back door and that that sort of unfolded and I think I was sort of in that energy when I met you and then you were like just come and I was like fine and so I just I think I I lost money because I was sort of cancelling my Airbnb in the middle of being there and you were like look just get here and I was like okay I'm coming and um it felt like a very safe it felt lovely to go to somebody even though I didn't really know you but we were just like okay we're we just clicked um mm-hmm. and I, so I turned up I think a night or two early before you went away to LA and I think you were going to meet some of my friends out there or something you were doing something with work or course or something and then meeting people I was like oh you know them too and it was just one of those bizarre moments yeah. I can't even remember who that was but yeah there was lots of things and we did have that that matching kimono and I was like did you get this off an Instagram ad too <laughs> I think we'd been targeted by the same Instagram ad uh just hilarious um and yeah then I got to be in your beautiful house for I think it was about six weeks or something um and and that led me on this other journey because I was able to go back to Glastonbury from there um and and some other weird crackers things happened when I went back and then I met this guy who I'd known in Estonia and we needed to like wrap it wrap up some karmic stuff and that wouldn't have happened he wasn't supposed to be in that part of England and neither was I um except we were but um yeah so that very neatly tied up as well and and then the sort of things just carried on from there so yeah it was that was wild I didn't realize um that Hannah had come to you in her in your dreams I always find her work was very even though I was a bit skeptical at the beginning because I was still in my own spiritual awakening when this was happening um and when I first met her probably back in like 2016 maybe um when I first met her so I was still in my own process and sort of awakening and all this kind of stuff and um uh yeah but very but I always found her stuff very powerful and I was like there's something here I just knew it was for real and if and she's been on quite a mission, which I, I I don't know exactly what her mission was, and my mission has sort of been a little bit parallel. Or my mission in those few weeks, which I might expand on another time, was was I was about two weeks behind her in all these sacred locations around the UK mm-hmm. during this Lionsgate portal. So it was a bizarre a bizarre time. Um, but I truly believe that each there's something going on and I don't know how you think about uh what you do because obviously you have this and you have a strong energetic 
imprint, blueprint. And um, I was unconsciously for a very long time doing grid work by taking my own energy to different places, many sacred sites. And I feel like we were supposed to connect for some reason. And then you took whatever my code was. I took your whatever code I needed from you. And off you went to L.A. and wherever else you went. And um, and then I went wherever. And so I think there's some sort of and maybe there was some code that you needed to get from Hannah and then pass on to me because we had some weird karmic connection. I don't know. It's it's hard to sort of um, and certainly back then I didn't I wasn't as consciously aware of it all now and looking back I can see how it all fits together in a sort of big web now I'd love to know if you've been sort of aware of I, I mean I think you know but like your conscious awareness of it or how that developed and how you uh, I suppose articulate your experience of doing that work the grid work the bizarre assignments that would get sent on <laughs> it's funny because I have so many actual grid workers in my network, right? Like people who, before it was even known as a term or a thing that people did, were like very much called to go somewhere and would then go. And they knew they had codes and they would take totems sometimes and offer things up. And it's really been a part of my experience, even like we were saying much earlier, where I was like, I was kind of born into this, right? Like there was no awakening for me. I was, you know, high. I mean, but a whole other thing, and maybe it isn't, like I was born, so I was born um, in Yerre, in Provence, in the south of France, on the Magdalene line. And I believe that that has something to do with it. And I don't Mm. see myself as a grid worker. I see myself as a facilitator for the grid workers and so what I do a little bit like what I did with Hannah was like I'm a ferryman I'm a I'm a fixer I'm a like I'm a bridger like part of my job is to kind of go oh okay you need to get there hang on like like I move things around and I provide home and shelter and safety for people who are on mission Mm, I love that perspective because I wouldn't have known exactly yeah how how we all I, I I still I'm still figuring it out I have a better understanding but I think some of it I don't think mm. we could understand in this lifetime and sometimes I know exactly where I'm supposed to go on the day I'm supposed to do it sometimes I don't know why I'm being mm. sent to the place sometimes I'm very clear sometimes somebody's given me a crystal and I think um mm. and so I often take a crystal to the place um and so there, there's there's there, so there's a sort of an awareness around that um and looking back this this mad web of like that girl saying you must go and meet Katie in Glastonbury sort of unfolds unlocks the next part of the chapter I could have ignored her and not gone of course um but I obviously I've been doing my utmost to follow those nudges and for me that's when uh flow really kicks in is when I'm following following that guidance like you said that voice that was like get out (laughs) be be in Spain by the end of February which is wild um and I was funnily enough in LA in February uh March 
of 2020 and I was supposed to be there for another mm. I think in LA for another four weeks and then I was supposed to go to Costa Rica I was supposed to hold a retreat I was supposed to go to a retreat then have a week off and then host a retreat and uh and that was all booked and happening and all the things and then uh I had a complete meltdown which is very unlike me actually um in LA missing my little dog and it was just so clear that and I also I'm somebody I hate changing plans if I've said I'll do something I follow I follow through to the absolute best of my ability I've never maybe apart from that one time changed a flight (laughs) I if I've booked it I'm going and that's that's that I very rarely deviate from from the plan um maybe I should more but this that, that was just the case and I, it was so clear that I needed to cancel the retreat or move the date was the original plan we moved it out to June because we thought the world would be back to normal by then haha ha. uh I decided mm-hmm. I would forfeit going to the um the thing in the retreat I'd also paid for <laughs> to go to before I was going to host my own um so I forfeited that and um and then I left uh, four weeks early to get back to Australia and had I not gone back I might have been stuck in Costa Rica for th- up to three months so I don't know if you've watched on Netflix the longest third date did you watch that I was I like no I was not I'm so not into reality tv but I, I know the show I watched the trailer let's say yeah yeah um so they ended up around that time getting one of the last flights out of the US and I would have been on a similar flight either you know a few days either side um and potentially um have been stuck in Costa Rica for up to three months um so this deep knowing (laughs) slash breakdown of you need to go home right now um was was very clear and there were all sorts of weird and wacky things happening in LA specifically in the room I was staying in weird things were happening I'm trying not to swear (laughs) very weird wacky things were happening that were just like you need you're it was almost like you're not welcome here get out um like a random girl I had just met 10 minutes earlier lost the tip of her finger in the window in my room (laughs) like I needed to go to hospital like that was one like the wind and there was this crazy storm and the wind was banging and she's like oh I'll fix I'll get it I'll fix it and I was like no no it's fine and in that like her trying to fix it anyway she lost top of her finger and then the house that I was staying in was this amazing stunning beautiful home um sort of dream house vibes and uh somehow uh somebody had broken in to the house and trashed my bedroom um and all my stuff was all over the place in this beautiful dream house place and I was like this is it was just getting weird you know when like things just get really weird and I was like "Mm." and then and then I was like right I need to leave um but anyway so I'm glad I trusted that but um I'm digressing a little bit so coming back into um our experience and how we met and the and we touched briefly on human design earlier and you're you being a manifesting generator and me a projector can you tell us now some people might be complete noobs to human design could you uh, very high level explain what human design is um and then how 
we experience um I think what was he said how we ex- the different types experience flow and create more flow by following their human design. So human design is based on your time, date and place of birth. So it's the exact moment that you went from being soul or light or energy into matter, into form. And that's coded. And that we have, we are made of neutrinos, we're made of energy. Like neutrinos are like tiny, tiny, tiny um new neurons and we get that information coded from the sun from the earth from the planets right like that information lands in those cells and then we are formed and so on a dna on a molecular can't say it molecular level um all of our information all of like our personality our operating system like all of it is is in there the hu- um, so human design is comprised and is a synthesis of five different modalities that were already known of um, and that were kind of synthesized by a guy uh, in the mid-80s. So it's only been around 35, 40 years. Okay. So we've got astrology, um, uh, the I Ching, the chakra system the Kabbalah tree of life, and then quantum physics or quantum mechanics or you know, metaphysics. So it's those, those are the, the languages, if you like, that make human design. And within that, then, you have five types. Four types, but one is a mixture. So you have generators. Generators are sacral beings. They are the worker bees or they have life force energy and they are here to create and to make things um, to you, you know, to use that life force energy to, yeah, for all of us, for the greater mm-hmm. and higher good. Then we have manifestors. Manifestors are initiators. They're leaders. They're the old school leaders that used to kind of, when we, when we lived in times that were kind of hierarchical with factory owners or landowners, they would be the ones that had a vision or a mission or a way that something was going to happen. And they would have then lots of generators who delivered that, who did the work for them. Mm-hmm. These days are here, there are far fewer of them, but they're here to usher in the kind of innovative and new ways of seeing that they work in um so alignment for them is is an urge is a is a moment of like they need to speak they need to share they need they have information that is very innovative and they, their strategy is to inform and when they do um and manifest energy is like a it's like a train it's going from one station to the next but they need to inform and say the train is going to this place and then what that means is that everybody else could either get on board or get out of the way so they can either support that manifesting and like make stuff and like be there for them or they can get out of the way so that there's a smooth journey yeah we then have projectors projectors are the ceos of the future they say they are have bird's eye view they're looking out over everything they can see a much a uh, much more wide view of, of everything and everyone. And so in that analogy, you've got the manifesto with the vision, the projector is then able to be an architect, be able to kind of project manage and have their own specialist area or this thing they're really interested in where they can be like this and this. And the way that the 
projector's aura works is it can see right into people. It's very penetrative. And it means that they can, you know, if they hear a mission, if they hear something from a manifester, they can then pick the right generators or the right manifesting generators for that because they can see into them, see what they're made of. Mm. And, and it's for that reason that projectors need to be invited because if they're not, if there isn't a feeling, and it's not like a cordial invitation, it's a sense of being invited. Because mm. if you're not invited to share, to come into someone's energy, it can feel very invasive and really mm. like, you know, imagine it's like someone's reading your mind or reading your energy or like very deeply entering. You. Mm. If that isn't with it's it gets a like you know a very strong no which which you've experienced right Mm -hmm. and so projectors strategy is to is to be their own lighthouse to vision what they want to experience in the world and to send to to send that out they need to recognize themselves first they Mm -hmm. need to see what what it is that they want to vision in the world what they want to project in the world and be that when you are projecting who you be into the world, then people are like, oh, that's the projector I want to like guide me and to tell me. So they're the seers and the guides of the world. Mm. And then we have uh, manifesting generators and generators. Generators are, they step, stair, build. They do everything the same. They uh, are here for mastery and they repeat. And the more they do something, the more skilled they get at it. Manifesting generators blend and mix things together so they don't do some, anything the same twice ever. They're like, oh, and then this, and oh, and then this, but they continue to build, but they build in webs. Mm. And I'm a manager, by the way. So we kind of build by like bringing different things together. And instead of mastery, we're here to uh, synergize and to like make things more effective and more, um, and remind everyone that it gets to be exciting and that we get to do things differently and life is mm. an adventure. So we have these two different types of builders. And then the last type is a reflector. And the reflectors are undefined. They don't have any defined centers. And so they can experience life either as a sponge, which they are not designed for, or as a reflector, reflecting the health, the energy, the vitality, the experience of a space or of a community or of people. Mm. They are incredibly insightful oracles and they really really need to learn how to uh, cleanse themselves of each place that they've been or each experience that they have and their strategy is to is to wait a lunar cycle is to give themselves time because over a lunar cycle they experience being all of the different types And so they get this experience of being everyone and everything, which is why they're so wise, but they need to not rush themselves into making a decision or to taking action. So for them, flow will be like, oh, this environment feels safe or feels good or, oh, this is delightful. And so their signature is is delight. Did I do generators? Generate is um, satisfaction and like flow and responding. Mm -hmm. Projectors peace and um no sorry success manifestors is peace and so this feeling of success of like yes that is um the the signature and the response piece for so it's like you're waiting for an invitation and a feeling of success as a projector yeah yeah 
Oh, well, I tell you something. When I first realized it was a projector, I was so disappointed. I was so gutted because <laughs> for for several reasons. One, uh, projecting on others is not cute, right? Uh, in in the sense that we maybe know it in from therapy, you know, if you're projecting your issues on someone else, that's not ideal behavior. Yeah. So I didn't feel like the, I didn't like the name for a start because I felt like that had a negative connotation. And then I was like, but how am I supposed to manifest anything if I'm not a manifester? So that was part of it. And I felt like manifestors were like like the properly. And I was trying to be an entrepreneur, and yet. I was like, well, how am I, how can I do that if I'm not a manifester? And then the generators, who I believe are 70%, um, have this internal energy and ability. And I was just like jealous of them too. So it's like they're getting everything done. They actually have the energy um, to get stuff done. And uh, I found out in my sort of years of trying to figure out how to be a projector um that we can be quite prone to burnout because we don't have uh, a defined sacral i believe um i'm not a human design person um i've just done lots of research i'm fascinated by it uh so i was like wow brilliant so i'm prone to burnout i can't i'm not supposed to initiate stuff because uh, I'm supposed to wait for a blooming invite. I was like, how am I supposed to? Like, uh, and I'm not supposed to work in this nine to five job as a worker bee because I just burn out and I experienced that. And I did feel a bit lost, to be honest, at the beginning, because I was like, well, God, what am I supposed to do then? And I, I feel like a lot of the coaching industry, well, my old corporate industry was set up as if you were a generator, you know, that's the type of job I was was doing I suppose and maybe was stepping more into a more projector type role um towards the end of my career but um that didn't work for me and then uh and then I'm in this entrepreneurial world trying to be a coach and learn all the things and I felt like I was being taught by manifestors how to do the manifesting and I remember one coach at one point was like oh well if you're not cold outreaching to a hundred people a day you just don't want it enough <laughs> I remember thinking I can't think of anything worse for the entire planet I've never cold called or messaged anybody and I know that uh if I did that now well we did at one point I did hire a girl to do some podcast outreach it's awful it didn't work because uh it was the it was my it was not the right strategy or energy for me so it was yeah it was quite confronting at first and then and then I was like, but hang on a second, I just get to decide what I want and then sit about and do what I like to do and be myself. And then invita invitations come in. And now I was like, oh, excellent. So, yeah, it's been a it's been um a bit of a journey. I suppose that initial rejection, a bit annoyance. Um, and now the more that I lean into it, I can see the, the ease uh, unfolds and when it when it happens and when I'm more in my projectorness there is more ease in my life and um yeah it's interesting I'd love to know what you've got what you would say to all that if I'm even I'm on the right track I don't know if I said anything wrong there but um about human so, design the only thing you say, and, and it's really lovely to hear it like from you 
is that there's so much disempowering knowledge um, and, and, and the way that this stuff is being shared, hopefully it's changing. And the way that I share it is very embodied and very empowering. Mm. The whole point is we are not all the same. And so for me, like it is, the, it is the science of differentiation and it is all about us interbeing. And it's, this yeah. is like, it's all about flux. Right, it's all about us connecting with one another and not all being the same. And so, I, I hear you, and I and I, you know, I apologise on behalf of all of the inaccurate information because because it makes me really upset. Right, like when people turn things away because they hear something and they're like, you know, and it is old language. It's language of the eighties, right? Like that's when it was, you know, these building blocks, these names were given, and it was, and they were given. Um, for a reason and it was you know labeled by a, a guy and it was over time and all of those things and I and I think now there are you know Karen Curry Parker her language around each one so for um example the the manifesting generator is a time bender um a you know um the you know there are like these different words that we that people are coming up with that are, are maybe better but I think spending time understanding that there are misconceptions and there are disempowering things out there is important. And then really, you know, looking at it from a place of what does this mean for me and my strategy? Like, and it is an experiment. So you've got to come from a place of curiosity of like, well, what happens if I give this a go? Mm. And to say to a reflector, you know, oh, you've got to wait a lunar cycle and you don't have any energy in you is inaccurate right it's for the bigger decisions um you know that you're going to want to wait you're going to have some things that you just know because you will operate as each type throughout the thing as a projector to say that you have no energy and that you can't create not true when you're around other people you're going to be feeding off their energy which will create channels in you so there might be like one person or two people or friends in your world that you actually become a generator around because of the electromagnetic field and the way that those connect so for a lot of people it's really about how we get to be together and there is no right or wrong there is no better or worse it's we have to really rid ourselves of that way of thinking Mm. and see it instead as language of wiring of of just of operating systems and and there is no right or wrong way that a car is built it just is built and that's how it works it's not like oh i wish it was built like a bike but that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a car it'd be a bike right so for me it's less like it's less about comparing and a right way and a wrong way and much more like let's have a look under the hood let's see so I, i have a program coming that's um or like one of my um, one-to-one programs that I do is called Full of Yourself. And because of that, you know, this, it really is like, let's see what you're full of. And like, that came from a Facebook ad many, many years ago. I did a Facebook ad, you know, under somebody else's guidance, like you were talking about. And the the trolling on like three or four different ads, totally unrelated people said, oh my God, this woman's so full of herself. And my response was like, well, who the fuck else should I be full of, lady, right? Like, I don't understand. And that for me is like what this is about, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're so full of yourself. Who else should I be full of? Like, actually, really. And so for me, the study of human design, Mm -hmm. 
the study of human design is what who are you full of what are you full of let me help you understand yourself better so that you can be in flow work your own strategy understand your own blueprint not get confused by all of these other people who are saying this is how it should be but understand what your strengths are Mm. and where your wisdom gets to because all of those places where you are undefined is not a a challenge it's not a failing it's not a weakness it's an area for wisdom to develop and those of us who have less definition and more open and I work very specifically with those types because they feel like misfits because they feel like others because they haven't because they experience a inconsistency to the world we're here for wisdom we're here to be the wise people of the world and to guide and to help because we've had so many experiences mm-hmm. so for me it's always important and yeah I could talk about it all day and today is not that day but if anyone wants to talk to me about human design always open oh yeah. I love that and um yeah I really appreciate the way you speak about it because it does sound so much more empowering and and that's kind of where I've got to with it obviously I started in a way that didn't feel like that um and now I can see it more more for the superpower that it is um and it's going to it, when I follow it it makes my life a whole lot easier um but interestingly as well I was just thinking when I was just I'm just getting this podcast up and running but it has been in my field for so long I've had so many like sort of hits and not anyway to, to do this and I mentioned in a group I was asking a question about something, but it was a projector group. And this woman, who I don't know who she is, but I think she's an admin of the group, was like, if you haven't had a generator come to you and say, I like what you're doing, let's start a podcast together and I will do all of the back end stuff for you. And you basically just need to show up and speak. Then you shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, and I felt sorry makes me so uncomfortable oh it makes me so uncomfortable and the truth is that for a you get to invite yourself you get to be the lighthouse right like you a projector doing a podcast is such a good idea because you get to invite your voice you're like it's my show I'm going to talk the difference and I actually have talked about this on quite a few I as a manager find my solo episodes on my podcast so hard right because I have nothing to respond to ah for you if your own invitation is there you can talk in a solo right it's like it's it's there it's easy because you're like oh someone asked me about yes I feel like I because it's not a cordial invitation it's a sense of feeling invited Mm. so if the time is now for you to talk about flow and it wasn't five years ago there's a sense of being invited to talk about this now and and that is enough right because it's about you projecting and being the lighthouse if it was there have to be a certain amount of people listening to this or it has to be you know that kind of thing that's really different but if it feels like success to be having a place to say your piece then it's already in your strategy already in alignment can you see yeah. that yeah and I felt like she'd slimed me <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it like it like literally yeah. all of her no, it was her judgment 
it was like she'd shamed me for even considering the audacity to get this going without a written invite from a generator and I was just like and then I found myself starting to defend myself and then I was like actually no and I just turned um, comments off in the post because I was like this is so yucky I don't want to have to defend myself to somebody who doesn't know really who I am from a bar of soap either and um she didn't know the intricacies of my chart she didn't know and I've I've always thought um as this you know as we've talked about following our intuition and our path sometimes the 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 invite I get is it sounds like somebody yelling in the room and I'm alone like that sometimes is how how it works right like what kind of projector are you oh this is the thing with so many you're a what what emotional six two um so the i'm a hermit leader so you've got your emotional center defined what else yeah oh i'd have to pull my chart up um cool oh i actually okay. have it here <laughs> uh but i don't even know what they're all called so uh how, um, my... how many have you colored in four which um where uh my root the one yeah. on the the triangle on the right uh center yeah then i've got what looks like maybe my throat and the one below it the diamond below it the heart maybe is it perfect okay yeah so this is you know your direction because your g center is aligned you want to talk and you know it's it is your throat is motivated by your emotions right so if you feel something um if if, like if there is emotion for you on a particular subject and it's the right direction for you which is your g center you will know right Mm. and then the timing piece is that so it's it's the direction like your specific direction you know because there's one set way for you from your g center the route is going to tell you the time the pulse to move the emotion piece means you've got to wait a little while and move through the road the the wave with that so it's not high or low i also have an i'm emotionally defined right mm-hmm. uh, emotionally emotional authority and of course like it's the it's that motorized throat that, that makes you a projector and you but you don't have that sacral Okay, but that doesn't mean you haven't got any energy. You've got emotional energy. When you're yeah. when you feel emotional about something, you know you you have the energy to do yeah. it. Particularly if it's if it's you, right, which is your G center. So yeah, it's way more complex than just the five types. There is there are like you said, you've got the the six two. So you've got these different periods of your life, and you've got to try stuff out, and you've got to fail. And there's you know there's all of this different. Um, intricacies and levels and layers mm. of human design and what people try to do is they take on too much information without implementing it without embodying it and mm. that's my specialty is really like dividing it out into chunks and having these reports and these these ways of working with people that you can go and play and you can go and experiment you can embody it feel it and then be ready for more because otherwise it's just an overwhelming wall of information which is not going to do anything for you or your yeah. life absolutely i love that thank you and it took me i've listened to a podcast funnily enough about of a projector specific podcast and the girl on it talked about how she was a projector and how she started her podcast and how it felt like a divine sort of inspiration and i was like that's what my, that's where mine came from so this is a, and she'd started hers and so that's where the flow idea came from was i was out a yeah. walk and it came ping into my head and i was like oh where did that come from and that was 
that was how she started hers and she was a teacher in this I was like and it gave me it was a little bit like because I'd I'd started and then that woman had slimed me um it gave me then the permission to actually yeah no you you were right in the first place and I felt I was but it did I did get a bit derailed um just trying to get the slime off um and that really that podcast really helped and I thank you for that confirmation as well um if somebody is brand new to this they're like this sounds interesting I I would love to know which um where do you recommend people find out their charts do you like the Jovian archive or what's your recommended one mine yours and get mine hello oh (laughs) you had them tell me where where you um, so you can just go to ebonyallard.com it is on the front but there is also a, a, a URL just for it which is uh, ebonyallard.com forward slash human design chart but I'll, I'll send it to you so you can make it Ooh, yeah. uh, easy awesome. but yeah on my website I have a free one um, it's a, like a nine page report for free valued at like 50 quid because I it's really really important for me that people have this grounding into their bodies and into how it feels to to do that so that's that's what I do and you yeah you can go on there put your information in it will spit out a chart for you you must press the button but there's a video telling you that and you can download a report that will go through and explain what each piece means specifically for more clarity more energy um yeah and more confidence and so yeah I highly recommend it. I've had so many good pieces of feedback around it because there's stuff on where to sleep and yeah, all sorts of stuff. I'm, Ooh, yeah. I love, oh, that's another whole thing I need to, I want to ask you. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. Um, I'm like really concerned about being a projector and having to sleep alone. Um, okay. You don't have to do anything. I, have to, I haven't even got a boyfriend yet and a projector thing says I have to be alone. You don't have to do anything but what you might find if you spend a lot of time with someone is that you become really full of them and so from time to time you're going to want to clear that out and be like I just want a night alone and yeah that that's you know that's all it is all of these things are an experiment they're not a, it's not a rule right oh my God. do you want to be my boyfriend we're going to have separate beds from the word go because my human design says so that didn't feel good when you say that like I know so many projectors for instead of feeling the way that you feel about it, I'm like, oh my god, yes. Yes, I can finally say that I just don't sleep unless I'm alone. And you know, I, there is no right way to have a struggled to have a good night's sleep when I share a bed. So um it did ring true in that sense. Um but still, yeah, that was I was like, Oh no, come on, give me a break um but in general, i've spent most of my life sleeping alone so uh you know i've had plenty of time to figure out well yeah and what would happen if you, instead of feeling like oh this is an awful thing what if you were like this is great i understand how i sleep best but that doesn't mean you have to do it all the time like mm. we can go so deep right like can, i am in terms of my human design i'm consecutive eater which means eating one thing at a time um and not eating hugely complex meals of loads of different tastes layered on each other and when i first had that i was like but i love complex meals with tons of flavors right now it doesn't mean i can't have them what it means is if I do, I won't be able to concentrate in or digest in the same way. Now, that is absolutely true. When I am sick, 
I eat consecutively. I'm like, I want a bowl of cauliflower. Or I want a bowl of carrots or whatever it is. And then I finish and now I'm like, and now I want this. And now I want this. And that is consecutive eating. And when I do that, it's so that my body can heal, so that it, I'm able to concentrate, so my brain works quicker and better. When oh. I absolutely do not want to think, the best thing for me to do is eat a roast dinner. What will happen? I can't think. I lie on the sofa and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't think of anything. It's so great. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just a different thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you don't want to sleep, sleep with someone. Fab. How great. You're not going to sleep. But if you want to sleep and have a really good quality night, you might want to do it in your own bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something to think about. <laughs> I don't want to write off before I've even started, Stephanie. That would be tragic. Um, all right, well. I love separate beds. I think, you know, I love having the purpose. I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm like, I'm sleeping. Um, you- and there are, you know, you get to do this in your own way. And so, I, yeah, sometimes sleep together, sometimes stop yeah. you from having a relationship. With yeah. I, yes. Thank you for that reframe. Um but it's funny when I I start to sort of imagine my dream house and my head and I'm like, gosh, I'm going to need an extra bedroom just for me occasionally. <laughs> like, okay. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that's just how my mind works. Um, right. So thank you so, so much. This has been amazing. And is there anything else um, exciting you have coming up uh, that people should be aware of. Um, obviously, I'll post where they can find you and your website and get an amazing uh, chart and reading done. Um, what else is going on? There's always stuff going on. I've just released a rebooted version of my signature program, which is now dopamine heavy and is gamified and you can win badges and there are side quests and it's so fun. Yeah, Ooh. this is what happens when you understand your type. You're like, I get to do this? Yes amazing um so many new and fun things coming my podcast is every other week because i found that after six years of podcasting i every other every week is too much pressure for me and um whenever i want is not enough pressure for me so i do a bi-weekly season by season podcast which i absolutely love Uh, and yeah that has a patron part so you can I do a whole other episode where we go much deeper into stuff as well so for five pounds a month you get all sorts of uh bonuses and and things so come check it out I'm always on Instagram at alchemy slide into my dms chat with me I'm very chatty um and yeah whenever you're listening to this come and say hi wonderful thank you so so much and we'll chat again soon thank you Thank you so much for being with us um, on this episode. I hope you enjoyed all of Ebony's wisdom. I will leave all of her details in the show notes. Definitely go and get one of your human design charts from her. It makes such a difference in your life to know which of the designs that you are and then how to apply it to your life, obviously, to try and find more flow. And also, as we are a brand new podcast, uh, we really appreciate any subscriptions, reviews, shares, all of that good stuff really help us as we uh, get going, get start to improve and uh, we really appreciate it. So thank you so much and we'll see you in the next episode.